It's a bubble boy car. It does everything in the world to protect you and nothing else. That's it. And all it does is make you weaker and stupider and more incapable. Mm -hmm. And it's never going to end. It's never going to. It's not going to end until we're just hardwired into our little pod with <laughs> VR everything. If we're yeah. not ready there. I'm almost convinced this is. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, it's just... Here is a warning from dumbass little S3 to the big smart car manufacturers that like literally you are going down a path that will self-destruct your companies. You are pushing tech and you are pushing bullshit that's going to turn around and eat your company. The stuff that you're pushing is going to be the stuff that makes people bypass your company altogether and go on to something else. You're losing connection on a passionate level with enthusiasts. America's love affair with the automobile is for all intents and purposes dead, aside from the few minority of us that are still left and they're ignoring the few minority of us and following the masses that really don't give a shit about their brand. There is no brand loyalty anymore. And for that reason, I kind of understand companies like GM trying to kill the dealerships because these little young pussies aren't able to go in there and talk to actual salesmen. So they're going in there, they're getting kind of intimidated, they're, they're getting all their feelings hurt, they're having to go back and pet their cat. And they end up just going, I just don't like dealerships. They're all just big me's and I just want to buy online where I don't have to talk to anybody. And I understand that that's the way GM's going because the dealers are being dicks, but God, man, I, it's just, it's just bad moves, man. It's funny you say that because the mentality is totally, totally different. I have a really, really good friend of mine who recently ordered a Tesla online. He's been waiting on it for like six months. Um, and yesterday we got talking about it a little bit and he was showing me the app. You have to download the app that helps you track, you know, when the car is going to be delivered and all this stuff. And I was like, so which one did you get, man? Like, like which, which, which model, which options, all that stuff. And he was like, well, I know it's a, I know it's a model three, but that's, that's, I don't, I don't know. I don't really, really, I don't really know what I ordered, but it's awesome because of all the electronics and the gadgets and the gizmos. And he kept talking about the technology and I realized this guy doesn't actually give a shit about the car portion of it at all. He likes the fact that it's an iPad on wheels and that's it. He, he and it's going to be the very thing that makes it obsolete and sick. Yeah. It could it could be the absolute worst, junkiest piece of shit car with absolutely zero build quality in the world. And he would still love it because of that touch screen. And that means we're just he and I can't have the same conversation because we just don't look at the cars the same way ever. And we never will. Yeah. No, yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy the way that people can't see outside of a screen, which is, by the way, like the most infuriating way to drive a car. Like at the end of the day, these are cars. Mm. And I'll tell you one thing, like I was thinking about that again. I'm not trying to call out Toyota or Lexus because they have my full respect. But in the case of this NX, I was driving it and getting infuriated, just trying to do the, the simplest of tasks, like, you know, turning up the air or trying to 
figure out what station is on. You know, like, and like, it's got these like sensory things on the steering wheel, which makes stuff pop up on the screen on like a heads up display. But like, it's, it's more, it takes it a step further than just like a speedometer or whatever. Like, it's really a frustrating thing. And I'm like, you know, in eight years, my daughter's going to be on the road. And if somebody rear ends her and God forbid hurts her because they were trying to articulate a screen when honestly a knob takes a two tenths of a second to grab, lock onto, know what you're locking onto and turn it. Like a knob is the way this isn't an iPad. This isn't your home office. It's a fucking car. And at the end of the day, it's, it, it literally, it's moving down the road. It's barreling down the road. Like it needs your undivided attention. And I don't understand because going back to my daughter, if somebody was fucking around with an infotainment screen that Lexus made and that the government approved to be in a car and that caused them to rear end my daughter, I would go after fucking Lexus. I would go after anybody I could. I would try and talk lawyers into class action suits. This stuff should not be in cars. It's beyond what I prefer. Safety speaking, it should not be in cars. Mm-hmm. And we keep going further and further. I used to install car stereos in like the early 2000s. And it was definitely highly illegal, like selling beer to a minor to, to make the screens that were just coming out play movies. We could kind of tell people how to do it, but we could not do that because they'd come back and have your ass. And now here we're, we're making cars where every function is on an iPad. Not only is that stupid, because, guys, again, it's not in your living room. This is in a car, a car that gets to be 120 degrees, a car that goes below freezing, a car that bounces around. Do you really want it all on an iPad? No, you don't. But also, it's just dangerous as shit, man. It takes – maybe a lot of it's because I bounce around in these different press cars, and I don't spend the two hours in the the driveway trying to figure it all out, but – to jump in it and try and figure it out is absolutely infuriating. I have to pull over to try and figure out how to make the car not jerk the steering wheel and beep at me if I cross a white or a yellow line. Again, I'm a big boy. Like, not, I can drive. Not only that, but like, why? How much more screen time do you need? I mean, most people sit on a computer, I know I do, all day long for work, answering emails and putting up content and doing all your stuff. And then everybody else, just like me, you spend hours every day looking at social media and doing stuff like that. And then you spend time watching Netflix or TV or the football game or what, like, how much more screen time do you need? Whatever happened to finishing up a day of work and saying, well, that sucked, fuck this place, going and getting in your sports car, rolling the windows down, putting on your cool sunglasses, cranking up some fun music, and then just having a drive to decompress and get away from everything. For some reason, people like, oh no, I want the car to drive me home so that I can check my emails the whole time. Like, what the hell are we doing? What, what? You want your car to be more efficient so you can work longer? That's not what I want, man. I, I, I don't want that life. I want my drives to be an experience, a fun, but decompressing situation. This is what happens when car companies make cars that blow ass 
for over a decade. Yeah. The average person doesn't know what the hell you're talking about there. They're like, yeah. drive to decompress? Uh, no, you don't know my commute. <clears throat> it's like, well, if you weren't such a fucking idiot and like literally a rolling roadblock to me driving, and if everybody else wasn't just like you, the world would be a better place and we could move along mm -hmm. and we could enjoy our drives. But again, we're talking personal preference. Let's throw that out the window and argue like the idiots argued these this day and age. It's dangerous. It shouldn't be there. Like, you know, everyone wants to talk about internal combustion being bad for the environment. You know what's being bad for the environment? Getting fucking rear-ended by somebody going 70 miles an hour because they're trying to figure out how to make their seat two degrees warmer. It's the dumbest shit. Like, I cannot believe that this is the world that we grew up into being. It's just, what yeah. the hell? And before, and before anybody says, oh, that doesn't happen, we did a whole podcast on this not too long ago. A couple of our buddies ran Teslas at Pikes Peak. And as you guys know, as you go up in elevation, the temperature changes and you, you can turn the defrosters on. Neither one of those guys were able to figure out how to get the freaking defrosters on in those Teslas because it's not just a knob or a button. It's a whole little screen within a screen, a subcategory that you have to get to to turn it on. And both of them basically finished the race without figuring it out. Um, so that is super frustrating. Don't tell me it doesn't happen because it did right there. There was some sort of uh, college study or something. <clears throat> I need to go back and find it again because it would make a good podcast for us. I think they kind of had Volvos as like test mules or something. But basically, they put people in the cars and they gave them the very most basic of tasks, you know, which would be like turn the headlights on. Um, turn the, you know, turn the heat or from heat to AC, um, change the radio station, move the seat. And like some of these things were taking 20, 30, 40 seconds longer in the future car with the mm -hmm. screen. You know, you take the old Volvo and it's, you know, like, what's yeah. the temperature? I don't give a shit. It's warmer than it was. But the new one's like 74, 75, 76. And you got to like press it every time. You mm -hmm. can't press when you're driving a car it's the stuff that we are making is not making a better car that's the one thing i hate the most about my civic type r i love that car but the freaking touch screen and the lack of knobs drives me insane i live in georgia where it is hot as balls and humid as shit outside and when i get out there and that car's been sitting in the sun all day the first thing I want to do is I want to crank it up and immediately full blast the AC. But you can't because it's part of the touchscreen. So you got to turn the car on. You got to wait for it to do its little five to 10 second starting up thing. And then you got to press the, the button. It doesn't work. You press it again. It doesn't work because the touchscreen's not going yet. And you can press it and you press it and you press And then it finally goes over there. And then you go to turn it on. And it, it ends up being like a, like a half a minute of just cooking. And I know that doesn't sound like very long, but in Georgia, half a minute in a really, really hot car is, is pretty freaking miserable. On top of that, there's no volume knob on on the, the audio for that thing. You got to sit there and while you're driving, try to poke this little freaking tiny little square. That's either the plus or the minus for the volume. Tell me, it's, it's so infuriating. freaking asinine. <laughs> like anybody that drives cars and God forbid works in a car company should go, no, 
this doesn't work. Do you remember the cars of our youth? You would start the thing with a real key and go, full air. <laughs> you know, like that was, it was so simple. It didn't need to be fixed. Or even better, you just leave it on when you turn it off the time before. And as soon as you crank it on, it's just immediate. <laughs> <laughs> the world has lost their fucking marbles. I think that that's the point of this whole podcast. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we can just end it there. The fact that we are actually like at a point where we're considering phasing out dealers is just asinine to me. At that point, because because you know a lot, we've talked about this a lot, and even I am pissed off at a lot of dealerships for screwing this up for everybody else. And that's one thing I was kind of alluding to earlier, and I never really got a chance to talk about. But there is a, a definite age gap between the people the people who are pro dealers and the people who are like screw them, get rid of them. Um, I think the biggest difference is the people who are like. 32 and older they've seen a true recession before they know what causes it and it's basically people losing their jobs not being able to pay for their cars not being able to pay for their mortgages their businesses stuff like that the loans they default on the loans the banks then default to the federal reserve and that's what creates a giant hole of a recession where everybody's just screwed for years and years and years okay so everybody who's out there saying Get rid of the dealerships. They're all crooks. First of all, that's not true. Second of all, that is about the worst possible thing you could do. The, the idea of just getting rid of any one full industry in a snap is asking for an immediate recession. I'm looking at it right now. Um, as of May 2021, there are approximately 534,000 people employed in the automobile dealers industry in just the United States. That's a whole hell of a lot of jobs. A whole lot of people you guys are trying to put out there on the street to not be able to pay their bills. Hey. That's an immediate economy crasher. That That's what also the point I was trying to make when I went off on the tangent about these young pussies that don't like to talk to people. So therefore they felt like they got kind of bullied or mansplained or whatever when they went to the dealership. and. And so they're butthurt about it. And I get that. I understand. You probably went to the wrong dealership. There are good ones. There are bad ones. But that's the thing. They come back and they go online and they start typing. And they, let's just get rid of all dealerships. That's the, you're making that decision out of an emotion based on your shitty experience, which probably had a lot to do with your lack of communication skills. Mm -hmm. And like, anyway, you can get back to your point. But the point I'm making is like, you can't cripple an industry because of your feelings about a local experience. Yeah. That's not how we do things, although that is how we're doing things these days. Yeah, it's it's all on on you know, thoughts and feelings nowadays instead of facts. Anyway, the other thing is, let's not forget guys, by going full EV, we're already killing an entire industry basically, and that's the automotive aftermarket, SEMA. Everything that SEMA represents and all the companies that are involved other than what wheels, tires and suspension and the audio industry that's been dead for the last 15 years. Everything involving a gas powered or diesel powered motor is basically going to be rendered irrelevant. So you're already killing an industry 
and now you're talking about killing another one. Talk about cancel culture completely out of control. You guys are going to cancel us straight into the biggest freaking Great Depression we've ever seen in a lifetime. Yeah, and then blame it on the other side. And that brings up another point. Like, I, I'm, we're not trying to get, like, one side or the other. As a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. Like, we just need to start trying to freaking see the common ground and understand each other. We're in a really bad situation right now where every political cycle every four years is getting more divided and it's going more left or more right. And every election is like this crazy response to the one before it. And that's fucked up in and of itself. But now it's it's fucking up our industry. Sorry for all the cussing, but like it is. But I, we've got presidents that just to make a statement are like really putting industries and, and businesses, small and very large, into turmoil. And <clears throat> this whole electric thing, like like it or not, this has happened under Biden and it's happened because of Biden. And in three years, we're going to have another election. And if it's a Republican, he's very likely going to say, screw all that. Wipe all that Biden EV 2035, 20 whatever off the table. Open up the pipelines. Let's get this done. Well, OK, what are the car companies going to do at that point? Like you guys, you guys, like when I say you guys, I mean, you politicians are screwing up businesses so bad they cannot afford to spend $10 billion every election cycle to try and do what that president is doing. Like, regardless of whether you're left or right, it's not good for America. We need to get on the same page. I don't think anybody wants the earth to die. But I also think that, like, we need to be a little bit reasonable in how we get to where we're going. We need to make sure that it's even the right path. There is so much evidence that EVs are not greener. They're only zero emissions after they're made. And not even that, because so much of the energy that it takes to make them comes from burning shit. So, uh, you know, that's just something that I guess we need to realize as citizens of this country is, wow, our, our votes really do matter. And it's more than just uh, pro-life or a gay marriage or a BLM. It's like really affecting all of our lives. Like, I want my gay friends to actually have jobs and be able to thrive. I want my black friends to keep their businesses. Like it's bigger than the propaganda. Um, so we can't do this. We can't dishevel and upset the balance of the country every time there's an election. That's never how this was supposed to work. We all at least have to realize that we want the same basic things and at least head down a path. And yeah, you know, it's going to, change and whatever but like what we're seeing going through the automotive industry right now it's freaking crippling like i don't think they all realize it yet because they're doing more marketing than actual problem solving and they just keep saying oh we're gonna be more ev than them you know and it's like guys but wh where is this leading what happens in 10 years when we find out oh we're putting giant holes in the earth that are expanding like cancers it's just not happening in southern california you know, like, but you guys have not solved the problem. You've just moved it out of California, which is like the most California thing to do. Yeah, that's what California does. I mean, they, they, they don't even generate all of their own power. They freaking borrow power from like three or four other states. 
It's, and they're about to have a big problem on their hands. Wow, we've gone over so many topics today. Anyway, Lake Mead is drying up. That's what powers <laughs> Hoover Dam, and that gives California a shit ton of electricity. So if it actually does continue to dry up and kind of hit that breaking point, man, California is going to lose a lot of uh, energy cap. And then, I mean, they're already having, you know, with the heat wave, they're already having energy problems. They've they've got a. They've got a Tough road ahead, man. They're going to learn some really hard lessons. Excuse me. Not the politicians. The people of California are going to learn really hard lessons on behalf of their politicians. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just they're playing political games. You know, Mm -hmm. for them, it's for the people in power. It ain't about saving the planet. Trust that. Uh, if you want to save the planet, you keep all your freaking options open and you let, you know, experience and history and time start to go, okay, well, this is better here and this is better here. But if we merge this and this, then maybe we can do that. You don't just go, we're just going to go EV, kill all that shit that we've been doing for 120 years. You know, it's, 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 it's stupid, but it's not about the earth. It's about politics and transitioning power from these evil guys to these new evil guys. That's what it yeah. is. If you don't think it's about money, if you don't think it's about money, just think about this. At what point did every politician and every automotive manufacturer say, you know what, EV's the future, we're going EV, this is the date we're going to put the timestamp on it. When did they do it? Pretty much right after Elon Musk was dubbed the richest man in the world by the way he does business. And now look who everyone else is trying to model their automotive manufacturing business after Tesla. No dealers, all EV, all our, all, all the overhead goes into R&D and engineers and stuff like that, and we become technology companies. They're, they're all just trying to do the same thing. It's not, I really have a really hard time believing that it's all about saving the planet. I really think it's all about just making the most money. Yeah, all right. I mean, uh, that's a good place to end it. So with that said, um, that's Mike Sanders over there. And uh, and I'm Jonathan Woolley. Uh, we are S3 Magazine. Uh, we also have a brand new app. Um, it's definitely on the, whatever, the Apple's store. It's on, it's on the Apple App Store right now. For some reason, Google doesn't like us yet. And we have not been officially approved yet. It's I'm being told it's going to happen any day now. That's the thing. Like, all right. So two weeks ago, that the app came out on Apple. We weren't notified. I just went, "Holy shit, our app's on Apple!" And then we're like, "Oh, it's not on Google Play or whatever." And they're like, "Oh yeah, it normally takes two to three more days." And that was two weeks ago. We keep hitting them up. They keep saying, "Look, man, it's the way it goes. They'll get it up when they get it up, and you'll be happy." And so we're just waiting. So if you guys have an Android phone, let us know if it's up. Damn. But regardless, uh, it's new and we're super proud of it. We put a lot of work into it. It's free. So unlike the print subscription, like, why not, right? Like, um, everything that we do, whether it's these podcasts or whether it's, uh, you know, hot boy feature cars or new car reviews or like the news related stuff, it all goes on the app. So you guys, please check that out. It would mean a ton. Um, Hope you enjoy this stuff. Hope if you disagree, at least you can see that we're coming from a place of passion um, and we're saying what we believe. And we think that automotive journalism needs to get back to that and it needs to stop being clickbait 
clickbait bullshit. Um, so anyway, thank you guys for listening this far. I know it's been a long one. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.